I'm Matt Brownell. And I'm Van Owens. And I'm Tim Adams. Welcome to Climbing the Mountain, where we dive into the scriptures and discuss themes, connections, and real-life application. We're kicking off a series here where we're going to examine the Sermon on the Mount and discuss implications for this teaching for Christians today. Welcome back. We are in Matthew 7, 7 through 12. We're looking at ask, seek, and knock. We're looking at prayer again. And last time we had a great discussion about how we can approach God and how he wants us to bring things out and be persistent in prayer and trust that he, as, his, as our Heavenly Father, uh, he gives us what we need. And now we're going to get into that aspect of him being our father. And we'll look at that a little bit more. Van, do you want to just refresh our memory? What, what, were the, what did the verses say? Matthew 7, 7 through 12. It reads, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you... If your son asks for bread, we'll give him a stone. Or if he asks for a fish, we'll give him a snake. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. Great. All right, Jesus uses an example of a father in this passage. How do our human relationships color the way we view God? How does our view of God then influence our prayers? So I just had um, a couple of people over yesterday, and there was three, three little people, you know, all less than four years old there. Mm-hmm. Um, but they are... They're just always watching. <laughs> they are like <laughs> observing everything and everyone around them. Um, and one of them was adopted because they're, you know, they, they were basically put up for adoption as soon as they were born. Um, the other two have grown up in pretty stable households, but, you know, they've got their parents have quirks and mm-hmm. flaws and stuff but they're just they're just watching and they're trying to figure out how do I make it mm-hmm. through this life um, and it feels like when when you're a kid you're trying to figure out that you know how do I interact with people how do people interact with me how do people do people care about me do people are do people have my best interests in mind um, and especially with our parents and here our fathers you know there's so much of that that just gets internalized and you're like, mm-hmm. you know, you only have your, your own perspective and your own experience when you're a kid. And so you think, Oh, this is how, this is how it's working for me right now. This is must, this must be how it always is. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, I mean, that takes, you know, you know, that happens in five years <laughs> and then mm. it takes a lifetime to figure out was that true? <laughs> um, but I think that's that's one of the big reasons why it's it's so 
those relationships are so visceral for mm-hmm. us mm. because that's that's survival um, at in our earliest, most vulnerable years. Um, so it's like it's so hard to detangle that from our mm. relationship with God. Yeah, yeah it's it's uh, this is interesting for me. My father died when I was ten years old, mm. so he's been gone for fifty years, and yet hardly a day goes by still that I don't think about him. Wow. And um, the the what you were saying, Tim, about how when you're young, you're really trying to navigate the world. And one of the ways you do that is through those relationships with your parents and figuring out how to how to navigate that. And I think the way so my natural impression of God outside of the Bible, outside of what the scripture says, is 100 percent what my relationship with my father was. Yeah. Two really quick stories. My father um, had a drinking problem. And when I was in kindergarten, I remember this very, very clearly. When I was in kindergarten, our teacher asked us one day to tell a funny story. Oh boy. So I told what I thought was a really funny story because when it happened, we all laughed about it and it was funny. And my father had gotten drunk and got up in the, in the, not in the middle of the night, but got drunk early in the day. So got up around dinner time, went to the bathroom, and instead of doing his business in the toilet, mm-hmm. did it in the laundry hamper thinking it was the toilet. And we all laughed and, you know, he went back to bed, didn't think about it, probably didn't remember it. I told that story. Mm-hmm. Everybody in the class laughed. So I thought, you know, five-year-old me, success. I made everybody laugh. Good story. Now, my school was right around the corner from the dry cleaners that my father ran, and my teacher was friends with my father. And so she told him the story, also thinking, funny story. Uh, My father got home that night, and when I went to see him, he slapped me as hard as I can ever remember being slapped across my face. And I had no idea what for. I had no idea. It was just suddenly I was displeasing. And somehow I'd done something wrong and had no idea what it was. And punishment was swift and severe and hard. Mm. Now, my father later apologized for it and and you know we talked it through but one of my impressions of god is that that's going to happen mm. that no matter how hard i try there is some unknown deficit in me that's going to bring punishment and the second one shorter story is uh my father was once trying to teach my brother and me how to ride bikes got really frustrated with us really angry and I just felt like a, I disappointed him, like something was wrong with me that I couldn't ride the bike. And it was a severe disappointment to him. And he got upset, took us off the bike, slammed him back into the trunk of his car. Mm. And we went home. My mother told me later that that was my father was um, had been convicted of a crime, knew he was going to prison wasn't sure when he was coming out and was trying to get all the fatherly stuff done before he got locked up. So it came from a good place of him wanting to do it, but he was so frustrated. The frustration was not with us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was with himself. And so those two things persisted in my 
extra biblical and still mm. persist in my extra big biblical notions about God. Number one, that punishment is coming hard and fast for something that I don't even know about. Mm-hmm. And number two, that I'm just a disappointment to him, that he looks at me and says, I wish I had a better son. And so that that stays in you. It stayed mm-hmm. in me as a person about my father until I cleared it up by talking with my mother, by helping, by her helping me, by getting some counseling, but it, it it's strong. I feel it even now as I talk about it. Mm. It, it makes me want to cry and makes me think, yeah, it's coming. The punishment is coming. Mm. Mm. Wow. Yep. Thanks for sharing that. That, yeah. that is like just being able to hear you talk about that and realize how much that both has impacted you, but also like I heard you talk about God in so many other contexts Mm -hmm. and you really fought for changing that, Mm. changing that impression and that how you think about God. Yeah. But it's like, you're coming from that place where this is so deeply internalized. And it's, it's a hard fight. And unless I engage, and part of the way that I have to engage in that fight is through prayer, because prayer reminds me of who God really is mm. and how how God is, that God is not like my physical father was in that way. Um, but unless I engage in that, I, I will default back to um, the one who's going to slap you, the one who's going to throw the bikes in the trunk and say, you're useless. Mm. Uh, Van, I can relate to not exactly, but the, the same kind of imprint. My dad, um, was a minister and a workaholic. And so my concept of God was formed from that experience Hmm. and in a way that I was not even aware of for so long. And, uh, it took you know, it's my default. It's, Mm -hmm. it's how I view God. It's like, he's always too busy. And, and I, you know, my dad is still my hero. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for him. Mm -hmm. Uh, He introduced God to me. He was someone who I'm still inspired by, but there, you know, and it, and it humbles me because I realize, hey, I've got kids and I'm going to mess them up in ways I'm not aware of even. Uh, But, but this was something that, you know, he was always really busy. Uh, and so I felt neglected and consequently um, just, tr- I got to do it on my own. I mm-hmm. got to do it on my own. I have to be self-reliant. And that's my default with God uh, mm-hmm. that, yeah, he can, but he's probably too busy and I got to take care of this. Mm-hmm. I got to, I got to, and then I get all the stress on myself and right. I get messed up and I'm totally weak. Mm. <laughs> um, and so again, this is, this, this is not God. And I have mm-hmm. to remind myself from the scripture. And I like what you're saying about prayer because in prayer, I, I do feel, I, I have moments where I feel his presence mm. and I'm reminded this God is not my, my earthly father, even though I love my earthly father, God mm. is so much greater than that he he's not limited by time he's not he's not slow he's not weak he's not he's not any of the things that that you know he's 
he's not incapable. He's not in, unwilling. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think this has the potential of robbing our relationship with God right. of the fullness that we can can experience. Yep. I agree. I mean, I think I've had a great relationship with my parents and my father is awesome and he's super giving. But what I've found interesting as I become a Christian and thought more about, you know, what is good really? Um, and I look at how my life has turned out with some of the advice that he's given me. He's mm-hmm. given me some amazing advice. But there's been advice that wasn't helpful because it wasn't really in alignment with God's view of the world. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's the hardest to break for me mm-hmm. is the stuff that was from a good heart and really was there to help me, mm-hmm. but really at the end of the day, wasn't actually helpful. And it's it's really hard to break that uh, view of God where it's like, I'm praying for this thing that I is I've thought is good my whole entire life, mm-hmm. but in prayer, I'm trying to like reshape what I think is good mm-hmm. to what he thinks because some of the things I'm asking for might not really be good for me. And it gets back, gets back to the Holy Spirit in Romans uh, 8 where I don't – the more I become aligned with God in prayer, the more I think in a godly way, mm-hmm. which is um, – uh, there's a lot more to go. <laughs> but, <laughs> but the more the more I think about that, the less confident I feel in my own desires mm-hmm. that mm. what I'm praying about is really good. And the more hesitant I am, the more humble I think I'm hopefully becoming in prayer is be like, I, I don't really think this is probably the thing I should be praying for. Or like, I don't really know where, I don't really have a whole picture of what I'm asking for here. Isn't that, isn't that interesting? I, I think there is a process where, and Romans 12 talks about this, how we can uh, discern, uh, we can we can start to, God can remap even our desires. Mm-hmm. Hebrews, Romans, there's places where, uh, you see that the Holy Spirit will take God's word and write it onto our hearts. And I think some of that happens in prayer too, mm-hmm. that, that we're reminded of, of God's word. And we, we can even change the way, the things that we desire, the things that, that are, allure us, you know, when we are focused on God can lose their allure. Mm. Can we shift to another? There's a passage in James 4, and it says that we don't have because we don't ask. We've been talking about asking, seeking, and knocking here. But James says we don't have because we don't ask. And we just talked about our relationships, especially with our fathers, how they influence the way we think about God and consequently pray, or maybe don't pray, uh, in my case, uh, mm. you know, self-reliance. What are some of the other reasons we neglect to pray? Uh, are there any recurring or underlying fears or feelings we bring to prayer? Yeah, I, I think, you know, the for me, there's there can be a lot of different things. Uh, I think often it's that I doubt that God has my best interests Mm. in mind. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, maybe there's a vision that God has for me and I don't really want (laughs) that vision. (laughs) Like I I want some of it, but I don't want all of it. Um, 
and <laughs> there's other parts, but you know, it makes I was thinking about, you know, there's so, there, I was like, there's so many examples of this in scripture. What's got to be one of them. And the Israelites are coming out of uh, Egypt and Exodus 16. And they're, they just got saved um, from the, the army, but you know, they start, they start getting hungry <laughs> and they're like, Oh, like, we're in the desert mm-hmm. and they're like, Oh, if only we had died back in Egypt, yeah. like we, we wish we were back there. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're thinking God led us out here, but he's just leaving us out to dry. Yeah. Um, and so to, when I come before God, I know that I need to come in a spirit of submission, but if I don't trust that, that's he's going to take care of, me in the in my, in the, my mm-hmm. fullness as a person, um, that submission can be hard. Yeah, I am. There's the same thing that I thought of, and I've got another example from Scripture because I think this gets to like something so fundamental with us in the Garden of Eden. Uh, Satan, you know, when he tempts Adam and Eve, I, I think he reveals our common weakness, and I think it's what you just said, Tim. He he didn't get them to doubt God's existence. That would be weird. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they know God. He got them to doubt God's goodness. Mm-hmm. When we stop trusting God, I think that's that's when things really fall apart. And uh, I think it goes back to maybe even what James was talking about with in uh, James one, where he talks about not being double minded. Um, you not receive. Don't think you're going to receive anything from the Lord at that point if you're double minded. I think you're you're not trusting that God is good. Mm-hmm. That he that like he knows what's best for us. And sometimes I don't like to go through that suffering that is actually going to be good for me. Um, but it, it, get, it gets back to that, like, trusting God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think for me, and this, I think this, this might be a generational thing that I'm feeling, but, you know, growing up and seeing um, interactions with God in my family— it was always church and prayer and religion was for women and children. I had to go to church because I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And my mother took me to church or my grandmother took me to church. My grandfather on Sunday sat on the porch blissfully with his shirt off and his shoes <laughs> off hanging out. And I thought, I can't wait till I get to be that. So I don't have to go sit through this boring church service all the time. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I think it competes. I think that prayer competes with that sort of vision of masculinity and manhood. Mm-hmm. There's this sort of thing, you know, Ryan, you talked about your father and he's a great father, but gave you some advice that is contrary to what because our earthly fathers what they want us to be is competent able strong men right they want us to be able to to do and to act and to be good strong men god wants us to be like him hmm. which is not a man he wants us to be he wants us to be godly which is in some ways opposite of being manly. And so I think that sometimes my my when something 
is uh, when I feel desperate about something, the first place I turn is what do I need to do? How do I need to be? I need to be, I'm feeling very afraid. I'm feeling like I can't do this. I wanna cry. <laughs> I wanna go upstairs and curl up in my bed and put my head under the pillow. But I'm not gonna do that because that's not what men do. I'm gonna put a brave face on this. How am I gonna be is the first question. The second question is what am I going to do? And figuring out what that is and go do it. And I do this and that's again, sort of my default. My default is not, you know what? I don't know what to do. Let me just pray about this. Hmm. God, I feel really afraid and scared and sad and inadequate to this. Help me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That to me, to the old sort of red-blooded American male image that was put in my head by my, my father, by society, by media, it flies in the face of that, saying, help, I'm weak, I can't yeah. do it. That's not being a man. Mm. I know. I'm trying to do that more, Van. Mm. Uh, and I think this study, I don't know if anyone's read anything from E.M. Bounds, but uh, while I was studying for this, I, I got into some of his work. Boy, if you want to feel convicted about prayer, <laughs> read some of that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm 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 trying to do that too, um, because I've realized my self reliance just keeps all the pressure on me, and that's not uh, an easy burden or a light mm. yoke, which is what Jesus offers me. Right. Um, so yeah, I'm trying to do that more. I don't want to be the bottleneck like James four. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really really good point. I think, and it's something that I've thought a lot about the more I look at this prayer is. You know, it, it, I don't know. I mean, one thing I think is important to bring up, I guess, is in James, the context for James 4, like they have a lot of conflict and quarreling mm. in this church. Like James is rebuking them for something mm-hmm. serious that's happening. And um, in, in verse 17 of chapter 3, right before this, uh, but the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceful, gentle, obedient, full of mercy and good fruits, non-judgmental, without hypocrisy, and the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace among those who make peace. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I think when we think of the you know masculine, individualistic, American tough guy, like I've always had that a good view of that in my life. But when you use it, things don't go so well. Mm-hmm. No. Like I, I, I got suspended in high school for being in a fight mm-hmm. and that did not work out well. <laughs> like it was kind of justified. I'm not going to get into it, but it was like the worst response you could probably have mm-hmm. because I just wasn't in alignment with God at all. God wasn't even really in my life right. at that time. And so, you know, James is hitting at this. You, you don't ask, but you don't ask for the right things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. You're asking for stuff, and then when you don't get it, you go and take it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Or try to take yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> or like, I'll do this myself. Yeah. Sometimes I can fall into that trap where it's like, all right, I know this is probably not something God wants me to have, but I'm going to do it anyway. The yeah. rebellious. Yeah. The, like, really pride at yeah. its core, which is very 
anti-God. <laughs> totally. And, so. and so much of James deals with humility because of that, that, you know, again, it's getting to trusting God and taking God for who God is and not trying to keep ourselves on that throne mm. that he belongs on. I think we should wrap it up here, mm-hmm. but there's more there. I, I think we should, I think we should come back and, and talk about our fathers a little bit more. Mm-hmm. We've been talking about the, uh, how our human relationships can never, um, you know, approach God and his greatness, uh, and they can actually color the way that we, we view God. But there's also a flip side to it, which I think I want to get to next time about, uh, the positive aspects of, of fathers and, um, how God is even so much greater than that. But this has been great. Uh, I think we can, uh, uh, end it here with the, this note of humility that, uh, and I'm reminded also of, uh, the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom mm. and, uh, taking God for who he is. So let's, let's bring that into our prayer life. Mm-hmm.